Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, CEO of Mass Solutions, the world's only no bullshit marketing firm. I'm here with Maria Marhevka, a content specialist here at Mass Solutions. And today's podcast is all about Beyonce and Reebok. Yes, it sounds random, but there's more to this story that we're going to delve into during this episode. So I'm going to pass it over to Maria to give you the backstory. All right. So this story starts off with Nick DiPaola. He's a sneaker blogger. And while he was on ESPN's The Jump, he mentioned that he heard a great story. Sneaker blogger. Yes. That's a title. That's a title? Yeah. Well, I wonder what it pays. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, it sounds legit. So he writes about sneakers. Yes. Okay. My, so sons, then, my sons might read him. They're big sneaker guys. So, right. Okay. So All he right. was on The Jump and they, he had intimated that he had heard a story. Okay. And the story was basically that... It all came down to a meeting between Beyonce and Reebok. So suppose- To sign Beyonce to a deal. Okay. Yes. So supposedly after reviewing the products and the ideas, Beyonce kind of asked if the people in the room from Reebok were going to be the people that were going to be working on this project with her. Uh-huh. And someone had agreed and they said, yes, this is your team. Well, after she heard that, she kind of took a step back and said that, and these are all quotes. Nobody in this room reflects my background, my skin color, and where I'm from and what I want to do. And then she then left the room, and then they didn't come to terms. So, sounds like a very big story that yeah. someone would love to push out there Absolutely. first. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. So, Rachel Nichols, who is the host of The Jump, within 15 minutes, takes to her Twitter. She chops up the clip of that whole interview, that little piece that I just explained, put a little bit of text with it, sent it out to her million followers, and then the firestorm ensued. And there was no fact-checking, and this was all just hearsay. So this story became, you know, a malicious rumor that turned into clickbait for ESPN, turned into a monstrous mess for Reebok. Now, Dave, knowing you, this sounds like it's some BS. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It's... One of the things that we're going to talk about that is today's environment, and the thing I would say is sometimes people will say it's generational, and I, I would say it's not generational totally. I would say that whether you're 60 or 16, the environment today is to get it first. Prior to, not prior to the internet, because the first five to 10 years of the internet, it was still figuring it out. We were still figuring out the internet and how to use it and everything. So mid nineties to mid to 2005 say, but from that point on the last 15 years, it's no longer what it used to be. And with the media, it used to be get it first, get it right, get it right, get it first. And people can talk about the media and the media bias and all this and all that. And it's true. There's been a media bias in every story in the history of time because that person is this thing called a human. Mm -hmm. So there was some bias into it. In the past, you still had to get it first and get it right or get it right and get it first. And you had to fact check and you had to have at least two sources and so forth. Mm -hmm. What has happened in the last 15 years is it's get it first matters so much more than getting it right. And there's no repercussions for getting it wrong. Right. And in this instance, Rachel Nichols and the shoe blogger, mm-hmm. one of the great titles nowadays, <laughs> did indeed get it wrong. Right. And the reason I think they got it wrong is because they ignored the fact that Reeboks had a history of working with people of color. 
They've sponsored athletes like Shaq, Ellen Iverson, Venus Williams. If the brand didn't reflect Beyonce's background, why would they tolerate a lack of diversity? Why would all these other great athletes? Mm-hmm. Reebok's also sponsored many multicultural celebrities, uh, 50 Cent, G- Victoria Beckham. Yeah, Gigi Hadid and you know Gal Gadot. So, I mean, they kind of went through the whole spectrum of culture. And most importantly, she ended up signing with Adidas, <laughs> which is the partner company of Reebok. Right. The odds are that this story didn't happen the way that the shoe blogger described, mm-hmm. and it's not been confirmed by Beyonce. So since there's all this evidence that that doesn't make sense, right? and it's not been confirmed by Beyonce, it's fair to be a rational person and say, hmm, the story's not true. Mm-hmm. Reebok and Adidas are the, basically the same company. Right. Why would you, if you're making a stand, you would make a stand and go with Nike then. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't say, well, I'm making a stand. I'm going to go with the other company they own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not, she's smarter than that. Plus, it's common sense. Plus, right. it's value-based. So, if it was a value-based decision... It wasn't a value-based decision or it mm-hmm. was just an unwise one. So so that's that's one part. Second part is you didn't fact check it. You don't have Beyonce. You don't have anyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. The problem is that this impacts a company and it impacts stock. So then it impacts other people beyond the company. And it's just really a shame that we've allowed this to happen. And we've, as a society, have allowed it to happen because we're so into getting it first and we're all inherently lazy. And I'm not saying that to be mean or judgmental. I, as a human, am inherently lazy. So are you. Mm -hmm. And so we try to get from the path A to path B as quickly and easily as possible. So getting it right isn't as important to us as getting it first. And we lost those journalistic standards that we used to have. And so now we've got to try to sift through this. So what do you do? Well, there's a couple of things that I can tell that can help our audience. The first is, I know this is going to be really hard for everybody out there, but you can still get it right. And you might not be absolutely first, but you might be very close to first with the story and get it right. And then you actually have more value and more power and more notoriety and more leverage. Because if you were 10 minutes later or one day later with the correct story, like imagine if the next day Rachel Nichols would have came out and said, I've had the chance to reach out to Beyonce's agent. I've reached out to other people. My sources found me three people that were in the room. Mm -hmm. This did not happen. Right. She looks spectacular. Whoever does that, it doesn't have to be Rachel Nichols. It can be anyone. Whoever does that, they didn't get it first, but they got it right. Mm -hmm. So my first point is you should still strive to get it right. Just on a basic human value standpoint, you should try to get it right. But then also selfishly, it'll help you if you're the one that got it right. Mm -hmm. And then another thing to consider as well is if, you know, just in this instance, she kind of just went within 15 minutes and she put it out there. So then it came back as, you know, this is a rumor. So that kind of tarnishes her credibility for future, you know, breaking news kind of tweets and social media posts that she's going to do. They're going to be like, well, she's been wrong before. Right. So, so you would think the intelligent people that are following her out of those one million, those with above average intelligence are probably going to question her future uh, scoops. Mm-hmm. But a percentage of those people are going to be average to below average intelligence, hence the word average. So half of those million aren't going to get that she wasn't credible on right, this major on this major story. Right. Yep. Now let's go to the company. So your Reebok, what you need to do is quickly handle this situation and it's not an easy one because you have to not come across as defensive and you have to be able to uh, get that story out there 
to tell your story and frame the message appropriately without coming across as defensive or uh, making yourself look worse. There's a lot of different things you can do as a person that held senior level positions at multi-billion dollar company and uh, large hundreds of millions of dollars companies. There are things you have to do and sometimes you do have to leak the story through other people at your company. So if I were at Reebok, I would have probably somehow connected with some journalists that bloggers that I, my favorite shoe blogger. The competitor, <laughs> my second favorite shoe blogger. Nick DePaula's I, I don't know any until Nick DePaula, so I'd have to find Nick DePaula's competitor. <laughs> and I might somehow find a way that Nick DePaula's competitor finds out that Maria and Mike Gaddy were in the room and they reach out to Maria and Mike Gaddy and they say this didn't happen. Uh, then on the actual approach that you go directly, the f official statement, I think you come back and you do a couple of things. You talk to some of your hopefully satisfied clients who are more reflecting your diversity mm -hmm. of client base. And I think you talk to them to see if any of them would be willing to talk. So that gets that credibility out. And I think you do have an official statement that says something to the fact that Reebok has believed in diversity, multiculturalism since our inception. And you go back and you say, in 1987, we did this and this. And in the 90s, we promoted that. In the 2000s, we promoted this. Our history speaks for itself we would we would have loved to have Beyonce with the Reebok name. She's with our sister company, Adidas. Mm -hmm. So now I think you get that out from a reputation management standpoint. Right. Absolutely. And I think so, you know, that's public facing. But I also think that this kind of brings up the whole, how do you attack this internally? Because it is still hearsay. Yes. So is that something that, you know, how would you kind of handle that with your employees because it's a trickle down effect, you know? Well, one of the things that I used to do was I would take and get our accurate statement, get the facts. We would gather the facts as we, as we saw the facts and the evidence that we could. And then we would craft messaging that simplified that in the most positive way. And I want to make sure that people understand that because this gets this negative phrase of spin doctor. And then people think of the crazy extremes of that Kellyanne Conway. And uh, on the the Democrat side, there's people as well. But I mean, like you think of Kellyanne, how she's actually awesome at never deviating from the script. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spin doctors. I'm talking about taking the facts and the evidence and crafting common sense messaging that can resonate with any audience. That's not spin doctoring. That's actually messaging. So then what we would do is we would get our middle managers together. And so we'd go first to senior management. We'd talk to all the senior management team. We'd say, look, this is, this is what happened. This is the reality. Here's three or four things I want you to remember. Boom, 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 boom. Then we take that to the middle management and we say, this is what we want you to be talking about in your staff meetings. The reason I always advocate that is because then it's a human element to it and it's conversational. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a staff meeting, someone can probe and ask questions and walk away with a little bit more. And secondly, a, no matter how great you craft a written statement, people can parse it and take it out and they can overanalyze it. That's not to say I wouldn't still have probably maybe all employee email or something to that effect, or even have some town hall meetings when it was a really big crisis. But for the most part, I felt if we got the facts, the evidence that supports the facts, crafted the messaging to tell that story in the simplest, most memorable, easy to understand way, mm -hmm. go to senior management first, then go to middle management and stress that they talk about in all their staff meetings. And then if you needed more, it could be in town hall meeting with the CEO. It could be, it depends on what the crisis was. We had a couple of those where we needed to have a town hall meeting with the CEO. And you, you could then go to an all-employee email. But the fact of the matter is B to E, 
marketing. And I call it B2E marketing because business to employees marketing, it's not about just communications. It's got to be marketing because marketing entails understanding each target audience and crafting the message differently for each target audience and using multiple tactics, channels, and mediums to get it out there. That's why it's B2E marketing. It's not internal communications. That's a piece of it. But B2E marketing is having a formal plan and system to convey the messages to the targets internally. Each employee segment is different. So you do B2E marketing the way I describe is what I think Reebok could have and probably did do. Right. So I think, I mean, this is just a good example of across the board communication, whether it's public facing or internally is everything because without it, you know, this rumor could have spiraled out of control and it, you know, very well probably did to an extent, but it could have gotten a lot worse if they didn't kind of nip it in the bud and, and figure out a way to kind of handle it. You had your potentially uh, great signing turn into a nightmare for Reebok, but I guess all is good because Adidas signed her. Have you seen Beyonce in concert? I have not. You planning on doing it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm a Queen Bee super, super fan. I'd probably go see her. I have not seen her yet. I've seen Jay-Z like three or four yeah. times. So, But uh, good stuff. So Maria yeah. Morhefka, content guru here at Mass Solutions and frequent contributor to the podcast, does a lot of the podcast ideation with me. We brainstorm on what the shows are going to be about and enjoyed you uh, stepping up to the mic. Thanks for having me. To learn more about crisis communications, reputation management, and B2E marketing, sign up for your weekly No BS Marketing tips by going to MassSolutions.biz. The No BS Marketing Show is recorded from our studios here in bold, beautiful downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea, and build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.